Glad you're here. This is Krista with episode number 18 on the Wag Out Loud podcast. Ready for another canine fun fact? The oldest known dog breed is most likely the Saluki, originally trained by Egyptians to help them track game. Welcome to the Wag Out Loud podcast, where we cater to dogs and the people who love them, bringing you helpful tips on canine health care, nutrition, and overall well-being. I'm your host, Krista Karpowicz, and I am super excited to be bringing you yet another tail-wagging episode. Welcome, dog lovers. Today is your lucky day because you are about to be enlightened by one of my friends, Linda Tellington-Jones. As a teacher, trainer, and author, Linda has created a highly effective and revolutionary approach to working with animals by developing the Tellington T-Touch method. Beginning in the equestrian world, which is where I know her from, her method has also proven highly effective for dogs and other companion animals. Linda has written 22 books about the Tellington T-Touch, which have been printed in 16 different languages. Her book, Getting in T-Touch with Your Dog, A Gentle Approach to Influencing Behavior, Health, and Performance, is published in eight languages, including, most recently, Korean. There are certified practitioners teaching the Tellington Method for dogs in more than 30 countries, and Linda right now lives in Hawaii with her husband, Roland, and still teaches around the world eight months each year. Linda, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. Oh, Krista, it's such a pleasure for me to be here and to think of our background and my relationship with your mother and all the stuff that are we've done together over the years. It's very, very exciting. I know. And here we are. And we are going to be learning from Linda about how to unlock your dog's full potential with T-Touch. So Linda, why don't we start, what is T-Touch and could you share the story with us on how it came to be? Well, first of all, the, the Tellington method is a combination of work on the body that we call the Tellington T-Touch. That's, and the, T, the second T in T-Touch stands for the word trust. It's about developing a trusting relationship. We have these elements of exercises that we do from the ground through, with the labyrinth, with various uh, grounds that we have, that, like different um, surfaces that we have dogs walk on to teach them to really connect and be in their bodies and focus. And um, we have these different pieces of equipment that we've also, of, of like harnesses. We've been on the trail, Krista, of developing harnesses since uh, I started with certification trainings for dogs in, the, in 1993. We started a six-week, you know, three-year certification for dogs. And um, then we have what the, it's the philosophy and the philosophy is really makes a huge difference because it's based on two premises. One, if you want to change the behavior of your dog or the performance or the uh, relationship with your dog, you need to learn to hold the picture, hold the behavior, hold the performance, hold the relationship that you desire. Because we humans have this thing of 
focusing on, you know, on the negative, on what is, instead of realizing we can create, we can co-create what we want by holding that picture. So that's really important. Change your, if you want to change your, your, your dog, you've got to change your mind about it. The second thing that is really interesting is that in order to affect behavior performance, particularly, you need to affect the posture of your dog. Pay attention because the tail, depending on the breed, of course, and the set of the head and are the legs under, straight under the dog, or are they out behind, or are they spread out? All those things make a difference. So that's kind of the story. And what I love about this is that people can learn just from my books, or they can learn from practitioners that we have all over the world. It's a great, you know, it's, it's just such an honor for me and, and an excitement for me to be able to pass this work along. Anybody can do it. That's what's exciting. And how, how did it all start? How did you realize that we could have this deep bond and be able to communicate with our animals? <laughs> well, if you see my favorite, one of my favorite pictures of me at 11 months old, standing beside my aunt, and she has a baby bear on her lap that my grandfather had rescued because somebody this is up in the northwest territories of can you know north of canada of the, of the provinces of canada somebody shot the mother and i have my little fingers curved right behind the bear's ear in exactly a t-touch that we now call the raccoon touch right behind the dog's ear i grew up in a family krista who really had a special relationship with animals. My mother, my father, my grand, both my grandparents. And it was just assumed always in our family, a respect for animals. I grew up on a farm, but we had a really special relationship. And so with the T-Touch itself, as you know, I mean, I, I've been in the horse world for my whole, my whole life. And with how T-Touch started is my grandfather came to us, to our thoroughbred farm in 1960, and brought a form of massage that he had, he as an American working in Russia at the, uh, uh, on the racetrack, had learned. And we started applying this form of massage to our horses. It helps a, a horse recover faster after hard physical athletic endeavor, but it didn't affect the personality. And in 1975, I started a four-year training with Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais at the Humanistic Psychology Institute in San Francisco, thinking, never thought that I needed it for myself, you understand, but I thought it would be great for my riding students because the Feldenkrais work is just fabulous for improving athletic endeavor and for helping with injuries, recovery from injuries, and for bringing a new awareness. So I entered in this course, and in the second day of the course, Moshe Feldenkrais made a statement that it's possible for us humans to learn in a few experiences by using non-habitual movements rather than constant repetition. In order to activate new neural pathways to the brain that we could then use for learning. And so, hmm, I thought, if this is true for a human, it's got to be true for a horse. And that very afternoon after class, I went out, I worked on a, it's a whole other thing. I worked on a horse and found that by using these gentle movements that the horse couldn't do themselves, 
the behavior changed in a dramatic way. A horse that before couldn't be caught, literally in that one session started coming to the person. So I thought that's pretty interesting. You know how it is. Everybody who has horses has dogs. My husband and I on our ranch used to breed Great Danes and everybody brings dogs to classes. First dog I ever worked on, I found I could do the same thing with the dogs that I was doing with the horses. So we were just doing gentle, non-habitual movements. Now, to run the story fast forward, from 76 when I started doing this to 1983, I was doing this beautiful Feldenkrais work for humans and for animals. And then in 1983, I had one of these epiphanies that was came to me intuitively. I was working on a horse at a veterinary clinic, actually, the clinic of Dr. Matthew McKay-Smith and Dr. Danny Marks, both wonderful veterinarians. And I was doing a workshop there. And one of them asked me, please look at this horse. We can't figure out what's wrong with it. From the, that, your point of view from the Feldenkrais, what would you say? Uh, because this horse would bite or kick and didn't want to be saddled or bridled, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. Remember, this is before the days of all he did was x-ray from the knees and hawks down. <laughs> and there was none of the work that we have now in the horse world. None of the holistic work. So I put my hands on the horse and the horse in, in a very intuitive way, just giving the horse a sense of herself, like we do with dogs, giving them a sense of themselves. And the horse got really quiet. And the owner said to me, Linda, okay, what are you doing? What is your secret? wait a minute, like, hmm, why is this horse so quiet? And intuitively, I said to her, listen, don't worry what I'm doing. Just go up and put your fingers on the shoulder and move the skin in a circle. And when I said this, Krista, I thought, whoa, wait a minute, like, what's that? But because I'd never said that before. But I trust my intuition. That's a whole other story. And I didn't tell her. I didn't know what I was talking about. So she went up and placed her fingers on the shoulder and just very gently, very gently, just moved in this small circle on the shoulder and around the shoulder. And the horse got as quiet for her as she was for me. And I thought in that moment, wow, it takes years to learn this wonderful Feldenkrais work. But anybody can do this circle and a quarter. And now that's a whole, we have just been developing this over the years, doing studies on it, doing research. And it's actually one and a quarter circle turned out to be, that I got over years, a spiral. It's that wonderful spiral that's in all of nature. And it's amazing how when you just put your hands on it very lightly, very gently, move the skin, the tissue in one and a quarter circles a special relationship begins to develop. And that's what I've been following all these years. Really, it's like miracles, how dogs who before were afraid to be touched or couldn't be touched, suddenly start to come into their body. You know, this feeling, you, have you ever been so afraid you were like out of the body? You know, we have these out of the body experiences. That's how a lot of dogs go around. Dogs who are tense or unfocused or ungrounded. And what we do with this work, what we teach people to do is bring their dogs safely in a sense of their body. So all four paws on the ground in a balanced, focused way. And can Sorry, you give that us... was a long explanation. No, it's fascinating. 
Can you just give us some of the benefits of doing T-Touch with dogs? What, what could people expect, not only to further their relationship with their dog, but what else could they gain from that? Well, what they can gain is a connection. And, you know, so many dog trainers who come to our, my classes and to our, the classes of all of our teachers, one of the things they're looking for is connection. Because so many dogs in training what's used is food only. And as soon as you take the food away or you let the dog off leash or out of the ring, when they're out of your focus, they're not with you. And what this, this is a the one and a quarter circle, gently. It's not massage. We'll talk about that later. It's not massage. It's just moving the tissue, one and a quarter circle, connects with a cell-to-cell, soul-to-soul connection that is very different. Now, what it also does is release fear at the cellular level. What it also does is give the dog a sense of focus with the ground exercises that we do, what we call it the playground for higher learning. Because, and we, have, we use special harnesses. We use two points of contact that we started years ago. And now... There's a wonderful, the, the, the extension of that and the improvement from that original the idea that we started, a point on the chest and a point on the back. Now you get the, what Freedom came out with it, the sliding um, handle. And when you have that sliding handle, poof, I mean, dogs who pull, dogs who jump up, dogs who bark when you don't want them to bark, dogs who won't come to you, dogs who don't pay attention. These are all things that the Tellington method helps a person to bring their dogs to that point that they can be the dog that we always desired. And you can do it with this connection with the touch on the body, and you can do it with the combination of the wonderful uh, groundwork that we do with the exercises. The connection is made most of the time through the one and a quarter very gentle touch. And we have like nine elements of the work. So you learn easily what pressures are we use, like on a one to 10 pressure, like most massage on humans is done with a seven, what we call like a six and above pressure. With dogs, uh, the pressure that we normally use, that is the contact with your fingers is a two to three. We have the one to 10, so you realize, wait a minute, this is not working on the muscles. We're working on cellular wisdom, cellular intelligence, cellular connections. So again, everybody, anybody could do this. Yes. Yes. A child can do this. And some people might be thinking, oh, Linda, this sounds woo-woo, but there have been studies and research about the effectiveness of your method and principles, correct? Absolutely. And and the thing is, my interest is the merging of science and spirituality. And the work that we do with this, when I talk about working at the cellular level, releasing fear, for instance, at the cellular level, anybody who's interested and loves to read, I recommend a book called uh, Molecules of Emotion by Dr. Candice Pert. And in 1978, while I was working on a horse for a big demo, like 600 people, I was doing something. I, sometimes, I, you know, I'm just allowing my hands to move and I don't know what they're doing because normally we're very 
we have a very specific ways of doing the touches and pressures and dimples, but I was just feeling. And somebody called out of like 600 people, okay, Linda, what are you doing? And I intuitively said, I'm releasing fear at the cellular level. And when I said that, I said, oh my God, stick a cork in your mouth, Linda, because what does that <laughs> Where did that mean? come from? Yeah, because this was before <laughs> people were interested in, th- in cells. One of, the, one of the positive aspects of the AIDS epidemic was that we all started, or many people started becoming interested in cells. And now it's a common, it's a common thing. So that night, I, I, it really scared me that I said, releasing fear at the cellular level. What? And that night, I called a friend of mine, Dr. Alice DeGroote. She was a veterinary advisor for Equus Magazine. You may remember her. And she was the person who developed the halty for dogs. And she was a, a, also a veterinary acupuncturist for horses. And she said to me, I asked her, oh my gosh, do you think it's possible that cells can have fear, hold fear? And she said, Linda, it's only in the Western world that cells that we don't know that fear is held in the cells. It's a common knowledge in the world of Eastern medicine. And that really relieved me. And then that was 1978. That happened to me. And in 1993, that's when Dr. Candace Pert published her book, Molecules of Emotion. And she proved at the National Institute of Health Research that our cells hold our emotions. And it's through chemical connections, we think it's in the head. And that's why G-Touch works to work over the whole body of your dog. If your dog doesn't want to be touched on the paws or doesn't want to be, you know, touched on the tail or the back or the muzzle, people say, oh, well, don't let him, you know, because he doesn't want that. But those are the areas that when you work on them, make such a difference. For instance, on the muzzle, when we work gently around the muzzle of the dog, that works on the limbic system the part of the brain that controls our emotions. And on the tail, think of the tail, how the tail reflects our emotion. And think of the ears, how the ears reflect our emotions. Now, on those three parts of the body, we can affect the dog's emotions by doing gentle T-touch work on the ears, on the tail. And we ground them by doing these one and a quarter circles on the legs all the way down to the paws and in the paws, in the pads, between the paws. So it's like you don't have to know points because it's the whole body that we work on. And how long would a typical session, like if you were to tell somebody you need to do it this long and this frequency, what could people expect? (laughs) Well, I'll just give you, it's whatever time you have. It might be just a couple of minutes instead of petting your dog or stroking or, you know, like the little banging them on the shoulder. Good dog. You know, try it on yourself and see how you like it. You just put your fingers on it, just your hand and very softly one and a quarter circle and a little pause. And that pause, what we call a mindful pause, just heal yourself. I, I just guided a person on their uh, French bulldog through a session on her dog it was a rescue and he's an ex- obsessive liquor. And in, ah, I think it was five minutes of just guiding her how to do, he touches down, thumb on one side of the spine, fingers on the other side, one and a quarter circle, a little quiet pause and a smile because when you smile, 
you your serotonin and your oxytocin is released in yourself and the dog picks that up and serotonin is the feel-good hormone you start to pass that feeling on to your dog and the oxytocin is actually the trust hormone as dr bruce lipton now calls the oxytocin and that's what we want in our dogs at trust and that's why that second t in t-touch is so valuable i love this well, Linda, I know that when we spoke before, you know, I said I'd love for you to share some success stories. And you told me about the little terrier. I think you said she was 19 that didn't let anybody touch her. Yes. And I just was with her. I worked with her first last year when she was 18. I was told that she is blind and deaf. And be careful because if you attempt to t- give her a treat, she'll <clears throat> like sideways, like she'll, she'll try to bite you. And she had dementia, and she was walking back and forth on the kitchen, always on one track, all day. She'd walk back and forth. And my friend was fine with this. You know, she's just an elder, but her husband wanted to euthanize the dog because he was stepping in her poop because he couldn't see it. But my friend thought, you know, the dog is eating well. She looks well. What do you think? So she would walk by me. I would literally do what I call now, it's a new T-touch for those who are listening. I call it daddy long legs. And I just like, like skitter along her back. It's like two seconds. As she would go by from the shoulders to her tail, as she would go by, I would just like, like running the finger, like little daddy long legs, like skittering along the back. She went by one way, then she come back the other way, do it the other way and I was talking I was sitting on the floor and talking to my friend as this dog was passing by and at one point she sort of walked a little toward me and then with her like with her mouth and I was clear to me wait a minute I think she is wanting a tree but she doesn't can't see so well and doesn't know where it's coming from so anyway about the fifth or sixth time that she went by I she hesitated just a moment. And I reached behind her ear with one finger and did just one and a quarter circle. And she stopped Krista and pushed her head right to the floor into my finger. And I realized, no, we got something either going on with ear, but probably teeth. So then she just went on. And then, and this sounds kind of funny, but there was a, a, a bathroom at the end of the, of the kitchen. And I walked in there, sat on the toilet, a minute left the door open, and this blind, theoretically blind, deaf dog walked in behind me, did one little lick on my fingers, and walked out. And I thought, she sees me. And so the next time she went by, I gently, just can very gently contained her with my hands cupped lightly on both sides of her shoulders and did a few, like two or three very gentle touches with what we call a one pressure. Remember, one from ten. Remember, on you go to an average massage, you're going to be getting a six to seven to start with depth of pressure, right? She allowed me to do that. So then I let her go on and I left her alone. And my friend and I were, I was just visiting her and I was there to do a workshop in, in Michigan. So we went on, did something else. And then a few hours later, I came back and same back and forth, you know, in the kitchen on the, this dement trail. I this time was able to actually contain her and do more touches. And over the two days that I was with her, I maybe did this a total of certainly in a total, it wasn't an hour, not even close. 
just these minutes at a time with this dog. And she started going outside then. And I have a video of her where she was over going to do her business. And I was able to clap my hands and call her. She came over to me. And on the video, I'm doing tea touches on her. And we've shown this in our Jellington Tea Touch community videos. Because this is really, we have so many stories. But I, I want to tell you this one. Because this is a dog at 18. Then I have a picture of the neighbor, teenage boy who loved this dog but could never touch her before, picking her up and holding her in his arms, kind of half upside down, and the dog's just really happy. So my friend was able to take her to the vet the next week, had most of her teeth removed because they were completely rotten. You could smell it when she went by you. And she just came home. She's been eating ever since. And I just, one year later, I, two weeks ago, I was with her and had the pleasure of uh, probably saying goodbye because she's now it's the first time in the last month she started to lose weight. And she's still going up and down and going out now and um, still pooing and peeing in the kitchen, but goes out with the other dog too. So I just want to tell you that because, you know, typical are dogs who bark, for instance, at the door, never stop barking. I'm sure you hear that all the time, right? Uh, yep. So what we do is, first of all, thank the dog because they need a job. And then you say, excuse me, but I need you to come back here. And what I recommend if the dog is the kind that well, won't come to you at that point, just tie it, you know, put a, a light string, you know, tie it to the harness and, um, and then step on it and bring the dog over to you, always with an encouraging tone. Because coming from the heart is really important. If we're coming from a place of stress or punishment, the dog won't want to be with us. And the thing that's so interesting, that study that is done by HeartMath Institute shows that if we are in a place of peace, in heart coherence, breathing, <laughs> and from my point of view, smiling helps that, that our dogs want to be with us, but when we are punishing or we're feeling stressed, oh my God, once more, you know, dogs doing it again, they won't want to be with you. So change your attitude to change your dog, bring them back, and just that's when I bring them back, sit the dog down nicely, give it a treat when it sits, and then I do some tea touches on it. And you can, that's where I do use food, and we use it if there's fear. And that's fearful of that. That dog is afraid. Like, why is it barking? Why is it going crazy? Nah, bring it back in. And when they, when they eat, you quietly, quietly, after an action, like the sit down, thank you very much, you activate the parasympathetic instead of being in the sympathetic state of fight, flight, you know. So these are just some of the things that we do. And it's so, you can learn it from my books. You can learn it from my you know, finding a practitioner in your area. And we have practitioners as, you know, as you saw, we have actually teachers of my work now in 38 countries that we know of. Oh. <laughs> Linda, I knew this was going to happen, that time was going to run out and I could chat with you forever and want to thank you so much for the work that you do and changing so many lives, not only animals, but people as well. Where can people go to learn more about T-Touch and how can they get a hold of you and your team? Well, you can, first of all, go to T-T-O-U-C-H.com 
and you can you, you can see that we'll we'll have pages for dogs, you know, cats, horses, humans, because they also teach an online course for humans, which is really helpful for those who want to understand what their dog is feeling. It's really valuable. And then I have um, a Facebook site called Tellington Tea Touch Community that you can have a one-month trial to be in. Every week we have either um, Zoom sessions or live sessions with and you can answer questions, get questions and, um, you know, and asked and answered. And we have a whole library of my videos and things that you can look at, that you can access anytime. And they're there all the time for you. So you don't have to be on Facebook to be, you don't have to be in the Facebook group. You can also take advantage of that library to get to my various videos and all kinds of webinars that have been happening for the last year and a half. So. There's a lot of possibilities that my book, you know, as you, you'll, you'll put it up on your post, how you can get the book. And I'm doing a workshop, by the way, I, I want to say this, I am going to be uh, in Colorado in uh, the last week in August uh, near Littleton at Happy Dog Ranch, giving a dog workshop. And then I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas in November and also in um, Maryland, in near Washington, D.C., also in November and October with workshops. You get around. And we have so <laughs> many practitioners giving workshops, and you can go to them and get them to work with you or your dog or whether you go to their workshops. They're all over. And it's just for your own animals or for certification. Go to our website, and you can find those dates. Perfect. Linda? I can't thank you enough for sharing yourself with us today. And I highly encourage anybody that is intrigued with the T-Touch method to please check out all that Linda has to offer. Linda, we are definitely going to have you on again. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's my great pleasure and honor. Thanks for listening to the Wag Out Loud podcast. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to subscribe, and we'd love to hear your comments. You can find out more by visiting wagoutloud.com, and there you'll find great product recommendations and fantastic resources. That's also where to visit our Bark About It page, where you can suggest topics, guests, or products. I appreciate you. Catch you next time.